Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Fantasy Football Today DFS. It's our early look at Week 7, the main slate, and a quick look back at the Week 6 slate. I've got the FFT DFS winner. We are going to showcase that at the end of the show. And one of my tournament lineups that honestly could have hit really big. I just needed a little bit more from Gardner Minshew. I guess that's a lot to ask, ultimately. Uh, FYI, the FFT DFS link will be in the YouTube description. It may be in the chat in a little bit, and it certainly uh, will be in the podcast description as well. So make sure you sign up for that. It's just five bucks. Really fun contest. And, of course, we always showcase the winner. Meg, uh, how you doing today? No London game. I'm kind of happy about that. Yeah, no, it's fun to mix up the uh, the international games and have some, but when it's weeks in a row, yeah, it's a nice little break. So um, I'm doing well and, and ready to talk about another week here. You know, this always helps my process and getting started. That's right. Getting started early. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we do have a exactly. lot of buys, by the way. We don't have a London yes. game, but we, we certainly have a lot of buys. Uh, the Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, Titans, just, you know, that's six teams right there on a buy. So keep that in mind. We have 10 games on the main slate and... Um, that's it's an interesting slate, right? Because we don't have a lot of the high flying teams are either mm-hmm. on a buy, like the like let's say the Bengals and the Cowboys, for example, or they're right. the Sunday night or Monday night or Thursday night game. I actually oh, like a huge these Sunday where, night game, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I like these slates where, where there's not necessarily like uh, there's an obvious game to choose from on the right. main slate, but I like slates where there's not necessarily like two or three like showcase high flying games because it, it makes it harder, which which I kind of like. What's I your opinion on that? Hundred percent agree with you on that. I I like I. Don't like the slates where you feel like almost pressure to have to jam in from one or two games. And yes, there are. We'll talk about it. A couple of games are definitely more attractive than others. But like I, I'm with you, I prefer these type of slates for sure. And and for the record, we're seeing totals like pretty low. But but I do want to point out that unders last week in week six, we were I believe including yesterday's game. I think it was. Two twelve and one to unders, like unders were coming in. So just keep that in mind. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. because of offensive injuries combined with weather and things of that nature, but unders really came in, including last night, of course, in that um, allegedly high flying uh, Chargers Cowboys game. So again, something to keep in mind. You might see um, some lower totals because that's going to be an adjustment. And frankly, we don't have any high totals other than that Chargers Chiefs game, which is now down from I believe fifty one to forty nine. The other games that are even in the conversation of medium are are the Lions, Ravens, Cardinals, Seahawks, Packers, Broncos. Those are like 44 and a half, 45. Everything else is lower than that, which I think is really interesting. Meg, of those games I mentioned, are there is there one or two that you love? I mean, obviously the Chargers Chiefs have to be involved, right? Yeah, it's definitely a Chargers Chiefs is obviously my favorite. I think we've seen a lot of their games historically kind of shoot out. So mm-hmm. that one is the one I'm drawn to the most. But I'd say the second one is the, the Lions-Ravens. You know, those are two yeah. teams that... I think can punch back with each other. And, you know, I, I have loved the Lions offense all off season and they're really showing it, but they're showing that they, they can be, 
you know, play in all three phases, which made them interesting last week. But, um, you know, Scoff was, I believe, QB1 last week. So, I mean, this is a team we want to kind of target and, and hopefully Baltimore can kind of push back. So I like that game as well. Yeah, let's actually bring up the QBs. Um, and I, I like what you said. I like that terminology of like punching back. I do think Detroit <laughs> and Baltimore are two uh, pretty good teams. I mean, hopefully Baltimore's efficiency like is a little bit better, particularly right. in the red zone, because that was they should have beaten the Titans by like 20 points. And right. the Titans actually almost backdoor covered that game. They probably should have. Ultimately. Exactly. Uh, we have Lamar Jackson up here at 7,600. That makes a lot of sense. I, I obviously like him. Is it, Are we at the very top? So scroll to the top there so we can capture Mahomes, who I believe is at is at 8,300. There we go. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 8,300. Um, Justin Herbert, 8,000. Listen, I'm not going to argue with anybody who wants to stack those two. Um, we'll talk about how to stack that in a second. Lamar Jackson, I, I like. I think Matthew Stafford is interesting at 6,500. Um, I'm still not sure what to expect out of this Steelers, uh, this Steelers defense. Jared Goff, always interesting. He's, he's shown that on the road he can succeed too, and he does have his full complement of pass catchers. We had a scare with your boy, uh, Meg Laporta, but he ended I know, up he is my guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Amon Ra is back. I mean, we're, right. we're not going to have David Montgomery, but it does look like Jameer Gibbs might be back. So it's just mm-hmm. an interesting game. Um, I, you know, I think Geno Smith is interesting at 6,000. Yes. And I'll stop there and maybe get your comment of, of maybe some people that you like 6,000 and above. But Geno is really frustrating. I, I had I was two and one on official picks this week. Two were props. One was a side. The side I had was the Seahawks plus three. And watching like Geno that. Smith in the fourth yeah. quarter – in in the fourth quarter with his i mean the, his efficiency was just so terrible I, it was right. so so bad in the fourth quarter they really should have won that game outright but who do you like 6000 and above yeah i'd say 6000 and above my favorites are from the two from the games we mentioned and kind of like saving. Um, so I'm going to take mm-hmm. Herbert, the cheaper option in that game. And I'm going to take Goff, the cheaper option in that game, you know, just cause we got to save salary somewhere. And yes, I understand probably Mahomes or definitely Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson offer that better kind of floor ceiling combo in general. But I, I, I really think obviously Herbert, Herbert and Goff have the firepower and weapons to put up, you know, some big 303 type, type numbers, even though they don't offer as much, you know, rushing, especially. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd say I'd go for the cheaper options in those games are my favorite in that. In Absolutely. OK, so let's let's go down to like like that 5000 range right below. By the way, do you like do you think you're going to get let's say you're pl- playing three stacks? Do you think mm-hmm. Jared Goff or Geno Smith make it in, let, let's say, that third stack? Yeah, I'd say that I would probably decide between I'd even maybe throw Stafford in there. I think with Cupback, a 303 game is coming again. He offers nothing on the ground as well either. Mm -hmm. But the Steelers pass rush is obviously something to fear. But the you know, I think he can attack the secondary. So um, I'd I'd even throw Stafford in there, too. I'd say, yes, they'd be in that mix as like a third quarterback if I'm doing three stacks for sure. Yeah. And I'll note, Meg, that Kyron Williams looks like he's going to be out. I'm not sure about Rivers status. So like I believe he's out as well, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, So what are we looking at? Zach Evans? Looking at Zach Evans and possibly Royce Freeman being brought up. Both men price. We'll get to that. But yeah, so that might make them a little more pass heavy, Um, you know, 
the McVeigh's, uh, you know, McVeigh's tough to, for me to trust. I've been burned by trying to like trust the coach speak of McVeigh. Mm -hmm. So I need to be careful about that. But yeah, maybe, you know, that might be, I don't know if they, those running backs end up chalky, but maybe doing a Stafford stack could be a way to get off, you know, kind of a contrarian way to get off. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, we saw Nakua, he didn't get a, a lot of looks, but we got a price break with Nakua this week, which, which we'll see in a second. And obviously uh cup is, is very much in play. It's a pretty condensed target share. So oh, Stafford yeah. makes a ton of sense against Pittsburgh. Anybody in this 5K range that you like? I mean, we saw Desmond Ritter flash last week. I'm not really interested there. I think Joshua Dobbs at 5,300 is actually kind of interesting because you can pass against the Seattle defense, uh, although they really did flash against the Bengals in the second half specifically. Uh, where's Tyrod Taylor? Oh, he's at the bottom there at 5,100. I actually, if the weather is okay in that game, which it might not be, I think Tyrod at 5,100 just, I mean, he had a lot of touch on those deep balls. I was actually really impressed. In Washington, of all teams, we just saw them give it up to Desmond Ritter. They give it up to pretty much everybody, everybody yeah. including Justin Fields two weeks ago. So um, I, I kind of like that. Any sort of value, guys, you like here? Yeah, unfortunately, our secondary is Washington secondary is definitely one to attack. I, yeah, I hear you on those on the tie rod um, play, and that is a consideration for me. I actually have been surprised with Ritter getting over. He's gotten over 300 two, two games in a row, so he's a consideration for me. Mm -hmm. And I'll even throw in um, Sam Howell as well. And for for Washington, it really just depends on the game script. I mean, if you know the week before, obviously there was issues on the defensive end where Washington has to throw you know 50 times. Last week, you know he only threw 23 times. So if he's in a game where he has to throw more um, or uses legs to scramble more, then he's definitely viable. The problem is it's really it's going to be very game script dependent for Howell. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll I'll note that um, before we uh, go over to running backs. Hoyer's down there, uh, and it looks like he's going to play as opposed to uh, – well, I shouldn't say that. It could be Aiden O'Connell, but I don't think Jimmy G is going to play in this Chicago right. game. Uh, Badgent is the backup for Chicago. <laughs> I, I'm sure nobody's heard of him. Uh, he looked okay <laughs> after his, his first drive wasn't very good but because he fumbled. Um, but he looked okay. So if he's the starter, I mean, I don't know if the weather's – like, here's the thing. This, this Vegas-Chicago game and the Washington-New York Giants game, which is at New York – um, both of them have some weather implications, especially the Giants game where I'm seeing some higher winds and some rain. Whereas the Chicago game right now, I'm seeing just moderate winds and just normal like temperature, okay. like 50 degrees. So that, that one should be fine. But let's wait to hear what we what we see in in, in terms of the practice reports uh, when we when it comes to Brian Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell or Badgent, because at 4,900 against those defenses, you know, I, I don't hate it. You know, I just I just played Gardner Minshew at a flat 5K. And honestly, if he just had. I mean, he wasn't even good, but if he was right. decent, oh, no, I, he wasn't, but I would have smashed because, like, again, I was able to fit in so many pieces, which we're, right. we're about to take a look at. But Absolutely. Speaking of taking a look at things, let's take a look at running backs. But before we do that, let's hear a message from our partners. A lot of running backs to like this week, uh, by the way. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of some of the high-priced running backs, which is usually not my typical thing. I mean, you know me and Mike McClure on our game-by-game -game preview. We're, we're trying to pay up for the receiver position specifically, right. but – it is hard to resist. It's going to be hard to get Austin Eckler in your lineup. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but I mean, it's really hard to resist Austin Eckler. He certainly came off a bad game from a rushing standpoint. But listen, that Cowboys rush defense is really good. I, I really like the Chargers even attempting to rush with Eckler in the second half, even late in the first half. I was like, y'all are just wasting downs at this point. It's just not going to go anywhere. But Chiefs, a formidable defense, don't get me wrong. But I do yeah. think Eckler is going to have a little bit more running room against the Chiefs defense. Certainly, we know the pass catching prowess. So I like Eckler. I think Barkley is going to end up being a contrarian play. So mm -hmm. I don't hate him because, again, anybody can explode against Washington. Literally right. anybody. 
<laughs> and, and we know Barkley is likely going to get force fed somewhere between, I don't know, 18 and 24 touches altogether. So I like him. I like Josh Jacobs, of course, against Chicago. That makes a lot of sense. We go down. We know Kyron Williams is out. Kenneth Walker, he had a good game. Not a great game last week, but certainly a good game. And he has a nice matchup mm-hmm. this week uh, going against Arizona. So I, I like a lot of these guys uh, up at the top. Um, anybody at the top that you like, Meg? Yeah, you make a great point about the very top with Eckler and Barkley. They're definitely going to be considerations. It's just going to kind of come down to can I afford them at the end and do I prioritize them over probably receivers that we talk about later. But I like them. Probably my favorites price considered in this range are Josh Jacobs and Kenneth Walker. Mm-hmm. Just love the spots for both of them. And then you're saving a little off those bigger price tags. So I'd say those are my favorite up top just because of a little bit of savings, but I still think they have the upside. Yeah. And then we can go right to like, let's look at like 6,800 and below. We see Aaron Jones there at the top. I mean, listen, it's hard to gauge what his health is going to be, but you're playing at Denver in a game where they're going to try to protect Jordan Love by running the ball with your best running back and also a pass catching running back. If Aaron Jones is healthy, which is such a big if when it comes to Mm -hmm. these soft tissue injuries, it is just it's so it's really, really tough because not only are you worried about whether they're going to be ready, you're worried about whether they've tested themselves enough not to re-aggravate them, their their injury, or I should say aggravate their injury uh, in the middle of the game. So it's a risk, but I think it's a risk worth taking if, if he practices in full this week. Really like him at Denver. I think that's an interesting game to stack, by the way. And I I don't hate a Russell Wilson stack necessarily, or at least I don't hate taking pieces from that game, maybe multiple pieces or one or two on, on each side, I, I think could make sense. Uh, let, let, let's wait on that one. Isaiah Pacheco at home against the Chargers. I mean, that that makes a ton of sense. 6,100 is tremendous value. I'll note that I think Ramondre Stevenson at home against Buffalo, I don't hate it. Buffalo's defense is really ravaged. And, and if New England wants to have like any wins in the win column, I think you got to <laughs> run the ball. I, right. I really think you got to run the ball. So anybody in this range, we'll get to value in a second. Anybody you like here? And by the way, Jameer Gibbs, he might be back. He might not. Be. Right. Yeah. As far as Jameer Gibbs, it, if he is back, I still think the price is a little too high for me, even though obviously, you know, he would stand out above Craig Reynolds and the other options for Detroit. I just would probably lean more to their pass game. Um, Just again, worrying about where he's at. So I like a a lot of the guys you mentioned, honestly, but my favorite probably in this range is Isaiah Pacheco because it's Mm -hmm. a way to get exposure to that Chiefs Chargers game without having to pick a Chiefs receiver. Uh, Obviously, Kelsey's very expensive. We'll get to that later. But I really like Pacheco and they targeted him um, a good bit. He's been seeing more and more usage every week. and, And I like that he got more targets last week, too. Yeah, I, I like that. I think a lot of people are going to be interested in that. And honestly, it's a yeah. good way to build where you're you're getting, you're not necessarily stacking Mahomes or maybe you're not even stacking Herbert because, listen, you think it's too expensive and you want to be a little contrarian. But again, you're getting pieces of this game. And Isaiah right. Pacheco certainly would be a piece to get, especially at 6,100. I mean, listen, right. he could absolutely explode against the Chargers. So let's scroll right. down a little bit. There weren't a lot of value guys that I was interested in. You mentioned Craig Reynolds. We'll, we'll have to kind of wait and see. Um, how the week goes on that. We'll have to wait and see on the Rams running back. We see Jerome Ford here at 5,100. He's certainly got a lot of work, and the Indianapolis matchup it isn't terrible. The problem is Kareem Hunt also got a – he didn't get a decent amount of work. Ford got way more, but Kareem Hunt is certainly a thorn in Jerome Ford's side. I don't know that I want to be involved in that one specifically, but I don't hate it. Craig Reynolds, as we see here, 4,900. 
we see Keontae Ingram here. Like, I don't know what's going on with the Arizona backfield, and I'm not willing yeah. to guess on a Tuesday morning. Anybody <laughs> in the value you range, SCD Marcado down there, which you know, I know a lot of people played him. Uh, that certainly didn't work out. I think he had two rush attempts and maybe one catch on, on the entire game. Anybody in the value range? I know it's early and things are going to open up, but anybody you like in the value range? Yeah, in the value range, I would say I'm not looking to guess on the Arizona situation. I don't really like Craig Reynolds. I tried that experience a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It did not work. Um, Foreman got the usage last week. So we got to see the status of Rashawn Johnson. If John's, if he is still the guy, he got the usage. He just didn't get a touchdown and just didn't break 100 yards. So I'd be willing to go back to Foreman if he was the only guy. Um, I'd also be willing to go back. I mentioned Gus Edwards last week. He got 16 carries. I mean, he's not getting a ton of targets. Um, I'd have to look into usage further if he's getting those like high leverage situations at the goal line enough. But I mean, at that 16 carries at that price, I think that's a consideration. And then I will say the Rams situation is one I want to monitor closely this week. Again, Coach Speak from from Sean McVay has burnt me in the past, but I'm willing to I'm willing to get hurt again. No, I'm willing to listen and see if if it sounds like Zach Evans is going to be the main guy. If he is at 4K, I mean, again, he could be very chalky, but we'll see what plays out for the Rams running back situation, but I'm willing to take a shot or at least pay attention to that this week. Yeah. And you mentioned Roshan Johnson, who, who, by the way, is 4,600. I mean, listen, if he's going to be the starter against Vegas, like that, like he's a dude, like that's not just some like plotting running back. Like unfortunately Deontay Foreman is now like Roshan Johnson could have a big game. And remember it's a concussion with him. It's not some soft tissue tissue injury that we really have to worry about. He's been in the protocol for quite some time. So I would imagine he's going to be cleared if not like to, well, I don't know when the uh, practice reports come out probably tomorrow on Roshan, but we'll know whether he's a full go or not. And I expect that to be the case. So some good value there. Yeah. Then Uh, I like that because especially with that backup quarterback situation, you know, fields obviously vultures from the running backs, right? So like in the backup quarterback situation, I would be more interested in the Chicago running backs. And you kind of think they're going to have to lean on them more. Yeah, absolutely. Great point on that. All right. So we're going to turn to receivers, but before we do, we have one more message from our partners. We are back on fantasy football today. DFS. Make sure if you're watching us live on YouTube, you hit the like button. I see in here, Lori Moore, uh, Reed Thompson. How do I pronounce that? Sites 501, I believe. Um, he says, what's the running back situation with the Lions? We'll have to wait and see. It looks, uh, my guess is Jameer Gibbs is going to be active and Craig Reynolds mm-hmm. is going to be active. Of course, David Montgomery is not going to be active for probably, I- I'm going to guess like three to four games. Um, that's just like, well, probably after their week injury. nine by, I believe. Oh, okay. Would be my is that guess. What I think oh, okay. that's, I, I think that's what a lot of fans, I think that's what a lot of us, um, best ball people are hoping that like, okay, hopefully it's just a couple weeks. And after week nine, he comes back week 10 is I, is yeah. the hope. <laughs> Rib cartilage, certainly, uh, it's just an interesting injury justin herbert had that he played through it uh last mm-hmm. year but he probably shouldn't have and, and he's a quarterback it's right. a little different uh it still hurts but it's a little different than a running back in my opinion uh reed thompson do y'all still play cash games yes we do uh and uh we'll try to focus on that in the game by game preview on friday at 11 o'clock so pay attention to that and Lori moore lots of buys lots of injuries question mark exclamation point uh that's an accurate statement Lori, have you by the way have you reviewed the podcast yet because i remember you being in here a couple weeks ago big fan of megan Schaub. Uh, definitely review the podcast if you can. All right, let's look at receivers. Cooper Cup, well, he's good. 9500 that's not so good. I mean, that's that's a really expensive price. So you're just going to have to – like Stafford's reasonable at 6500 but if you're playing Stafford Cup, you have to ask yourself, okay, is is that stack better than my 
from a from a value standpoint, and again, we'll talk about this on the game by game preview. Is it better than what I would have with Justin Allen, uh, or I should say Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen? Mm -hmm. uh, so you kind of have to weigh the points per dollar uh, there in terms right. of like what is actually the best scenario. Um, I like Keenan Allen a lot, obviously. Um, Kansas City's been okay against receivers, but this is a different story. Keenan Allen's just getting so many targets. Amon Ross St. Brown, I think, is interesting. He won a lot of people a lot of money in DFS if you were willing to pay, play him against the Bucks last week. Puka Nakua, we get a little bit of a price break. I mean, he was 8000 last week. He's 7600 now. Not much of a price break, but but I kind of like it. DK Metcalf, 6800 I'd probably be more willing to pay down for Tyler Lockett. But if we scroll back up there, uh, Meg, who are you interested in in terms of like this top tier? I do think it is cup for me at the very mm -hmm. top. And yes, the price is so high and you have to think through the points per dollar. But on a slate like this, we also have to think, I think there's only a handful of potential slate breakers. And I think he's mm -hmm. obviously one of them. Um, obviously it also could, or it also could be a spot is, could this be a pay up to be contrarian? We'll find out later in the week when ownership projections are, you know, more are accurate and everything. But um, if it becomes like a pay up to be contrarian and he's got that like slate breaking ability, obviously um, I would, I would prioritize them actually. So I, I actually really like cup and Allen the most at the top. And then I also like Amon Ross St. Brown a ton. I, again, I'm very bullish on this Lions offense and again, like that Detroit Baltimore game. So I'd say those are my three favorite at the Top. I love all three of those. I mean, I think if you can fit two of those three uh, in your oh, cash yes. games, the only way you'd really be able to do that is if, in my opinion, is probably you're you're not necessarily stacking it in your cash games. You're paying down at quarterback and paying down for like a, a like a value receiver and running back, and then you'll be able to fit those two. And I think you'd be hard pressed to get. You could do it, uh, but getting Stafford to Cup or, or Justin Herbert to Keenan Allen, I don't think you have to do that in your cash games. It's certainly optimal. But um, I, I'm going to want to get two of those three receivers in my cash games for sure. Again, you don't have to stack as much in your cash games. You're welcome to stack, but you can get away with, you know, playing your quarterback solo uh, and just get as many like high profile, especially receivers in, in your lineup is, is going to be uh, super helpful. As we scroll down a little bit, um, you know, I, 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 there's there's some receivers I like here, like, for example, Tyler Lockett, I mentioned him. DJ Moore, I think. Well, I'm probably not playing DJ Moore. Uh, Tyler Lockett, Zay Flowers, Watson. These are these are all guys in the six thousand mid five k range. We see Zay Flowers, fifty seven hundred. Christian Watson, fifty six hundred. I, I kind of think Christian Watson's more of a tournament play, whereas I think you could play Zay right. Flowers in in cash and tournaments at that price. Uh, anybody you like in this range? I think there's a lot to like in the mid range, actually, and um, I would agree with all the ones you mentioned. I think probably my favorites are Zay Flowers, again, that game. Tyler Lockett, I like his his target share for Seattle um, and the price seems right. And I also will mention guys like George Pickens, Terry McLaurin, you know, mm -hmm. no, they're not, they don't get like an overwhelming amount of targets, but in that like just over 5K range, you know, 5.4, 5.5, I just think that's interesting and somewhat affordable. And they, they still could give you an upside in tournaments too. So um, more for tournaments, of course, but I'd, I'd add those to the mix in the, in the mid range. Yeah. And, I'll, and before we move on to tight end, I'll, I'll just add a couple of value receivers that I actually really like. I mean, I, I think Marquise Brown is always going to be live. He's sure. 
a much, much better game than he did. We see Rasheed Rice here at 4,700. Drake London, he's just getting a lot of looks. Like, we have You're to right. acknowledge what's actually happening with Atlanta. And he has been not only getting a lot of looks, but he's been extremely efficient with the looks. At mm-hmm. 5,100, uh, I don't mind that at all. I, I mentioned Rasheed. Uh, Kendrick Bourne at 4,400. Like, look, he's just underpriced, bottom line. Uh, Wandale Robinson or Slayton, if you're trying to get some involvement in that game, those are very cheap receivers at 3,700 that you could absolutely put in your line. But again, that game, you got to monitor the weather and you have to have the guts to play that game. Tyrod Taylor quarterback, but a, a Tyrod Slayton stack, Tyrod Wandale stack. Don't hate it if the weather's okay. Uh, let's move over to tight end uh, real quick. Um, and I'll let you start with this one. You mentioned Travis Kelsey. Give me a few tight ends that you like. Yeah, if you're paying up, it's obviously Travis Kelsey, of course. But, you know, at his price, he's he's probably going to, and again, the context of the slate and how the other stars and studs do, you know, he's probably going to need to get you 28 30 plus, you know, so that's mm-hmm. the thing with that. Just know that going in, if you're going to pay that price, you're going to have to ch- pick him over some of those other stud running backs and receivers. So I love him, but I probably won't do that. And that's why I mentioned guys like Pacheco. So for me, I'm paying down most likely. And for me, it's Michael Mayer. He got yeah. um, six targets last week, 75 yards. His usage has gone up each week. The last two weeks really gone up. So he's kind of emerging as the tight end one in Vegas. And I just think this is a great spot for him. And I honestly don't even care if he becomes kind of a tight end chalky play at that price, because it's just such a great price for potentially that amount of targets in that matchup. So I love him. It allows you to do so much, including maybe playing two tight ends in your lineup, which I know is normally frowned upon. But you get Kelsey and Mayer in there and, and all of a sudden right. you're getting that price break off of uh, off of Kelsey because you're putting in Mayer look like an right. absolute stud. By the way, he's not just getting the work. He looks the part in a oh, big for way. sure. I'll point out Zach Ertz at 3,200. I mean, it's hit or miss with Zach Ertz, let's be honest. Dawson Knox, another hit or miss guy, 2,900, but um, I don't mind the matchup there. So I, I think that takes care of it for tight end because I got to say, um, Mayer's a guy I'm going to be jamming into lineups. I'm just, it's just, it's just going to be one of those things. He'll probably be a little chalky. Uh, I'm not super bothered by it. Let's talk Same. about, speaking of chalky, let's see if the FFT DFS winner uh, was chalky. He had a, a really nice line. The cool thing about this tournament, by the way, is you can play chalk. Everybody, don't forget, this is only a 200-person tournament. So it's one of those things where you can get away with playing a chalky lineup. It's it's the 2,000 and 20,000 and 10,000 uh, person entry lineups where you have to, okay, like maybe make a couple pivots here and there. But in this contest, you don't have to make many pivots. He had Stafford. He had Cooper Cup. That's pretty good, even though Stafford had a very underwhelming game. DeAndre Swift, Raheem Mostert. Obviously, we were all on him. He was smart enough to play Amon Ross St. Brown, and that's what mm-hmm. really did it for him. He also played the Lions defense, which I actually loved, and I played a lot as well. Josh Downs probably should have had a better game, but didn't, but he did okay. Evan Ingram, he was okay. Jonu Smith, I think that's an interesting play. Him and Kyle Pitts actually mm-hmm. were, were pretty good. Kyle Pitts just a little bit better, but this is a great lineup. But again, in a 200-person contest, it doesn't have to be amazing, right? This is not an right. amazing lineup by any stretch. Meg, this has Cooper Cup which makes sense. Most of which makes sense. And his one like semi pivot was one of the best receivers in the league. He found a way to get him involved by playing Josh Downs, by playing John U. Smith, by playing the Lions defense. I mean, this, there's not much to this lineup. Good job, Skip Blaine. I love it. Yeah, absolutely love this lineup. So let's take a look while we have maybe a minute left. Let's take a look at my lineup. So I, I had a tournament lineup that really could have gone to the moon. I just needed Gardner Minshew to stop turning the ball over uh, in the first and second <laughs> half. And if he had gotten the ball to Josh Downs, the big mistake I made. That was, was frustrating. Playing, yeah, the big mistake I made here was playing Zach Ertz because honestly, I had Kyle Pitts in almost every lineup. And for mm. some reason, 
I wanted to correlate. Sometimes you over-correlate. Like correlating Ertz to Kyron Williams, it, like it's fine, but like I didn't need to do that. I could have just put Kyle Pitts in there. I would have won $500 more instead of this $75. I would have won about four, or I should say $550, something like that. But great lineup with Kyron Williams. That's how I got a piece of, of that Rams game. I had Kenneth Walker, Tyreek Hill. That works. Raheem Mostert, Vikings defense. I just kind of went random there trying to fade Justin Fields a little bit. And then everything else, like, listen, there's not, nothing nothing much to this lineup. Josh Downs is in there. Um, Christian Kirk is in there. But this, if Gardner Minshew and Josh Downs had gone off in any way, right. this lineup shoots to near the top. So, again, Absolutely. you don't have to do much to have a great lineup. Just get those right pieces in there. Maybe have a few variations of your lineup. Meg, that's that's our show. We're going to do our game-by-game preview soon. Um, Meg, I- I'm wishing you luck on this slate. Any Any last words before we get out of here? No, I kind of like the way it's breaking now. To me, it's it's kind me of too. it's clear what I'm liking early in the week. So, um, yeah, I just let your process continue and let this be the, the jumping point. So, I love it. Always let this be the jump off point. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Tuesdays at 1030. This is Fantasy Football Today DFS. We'll see you on Friday for our game by game preview.